0: Oh. <laughs> you. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Huge Pop of the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. We have a special guest today. Our special guest is an American female professional mm-hmm. wrestling referee. She has a career as a professional wrestler. She also dabbed in some roller derby. Some of her ring names are Derby Doll, Lane the Rosario, Cherry Lane, and Dirty Cherry. She currently resides in the greatest state of all, Florida. Please welcome to the show, Lane Rosario.
1: Hey, guys. How, How are you?
0: Great. How are you?
1: I'm good. It's hot here in Orlando.
0: It is. It's uh I live in the panhandle, so we're uh finally got a cool spell and that's nice. So uh we're gonna be visiting Orlando in February for to go to Disney World. So hopefully it's cooler.
1: Yeah, it will be, I hope so.
0: <laughs> so um okay, I asked a question to this to all the wrestlers on what as a child did you get into as far as wrestling goes and who were some of your heroes growing up
1: So it was a classic case of I started watching wrestling with my dad when I was 5. He wanted a son so bad as his first child. He's like I want a boy, I want a boy, I want a boy. Hi, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so at the age of 5 we would sit down in front of the TV and watch wrestling together. Um my favorites growing up were Hulk Hogan, The Ultimate Warrior, um it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I start. I fell in love with women like um, Luna Vashon and Sherry Martel. So those were my early days.
0: Okay, so now you're a referee, correct? Correct. So we're gonna go back to when your derby days. Perfect. And you talked about your roller derby because as a kid, I grew up watching the, my team from LA or California, and they were they wore yellow and. They were swinging each other around the ring. Then they tapped the hat. I thought it was the coolest thing. And so I was a roller derby fan back in the day. But, uh, you know, so what? talk about your roller derby career.
1: So I had gotten inspired by the movie Whip It with um, Elliot Page now, but Ellen Page at the time. Uh, Drew Barrymore was in the movie. I, w- I watched it and I was like, this would be one, either a cool sport to try to get into or two, would make a really cool wrestling character. So I went and I tried out and it was on the same days as training. So it was either to really make a choice because I I was approved to get on the team, but I decided I loved wrestling more. So since I chose that, hey, why not take the character and the influence of those women with me and okay. pay them homage in a character form?
0: All right. Awesome. So is that how you first became interested in wrestling?
1: No, I No, I became interested in becoming a wrestler at the ripe old age of about 17 years old. I had Uh friends who were in wrestling at the time, did backyard wrestling, and um, the term underground wrestling, where they were training and working like student shows at different wrestling schools. That's how I started to get into what independent wrestling was. I started going to shows at the uh, famous Queens Elks Lodge in uh, Queens, New York. Okay. So that's what started my journey into what independent wrestling was, and being around it, and saying, "Hey, I I think I may want to do this someday."
0: Okay, so what does can you describe the your wrestling character you portray in the ring? Where would you get all? Where would you get that character from?
1: Well, when I originally it was myself. It's I'm very alternative, so to speak, okay. very, because of the tattoos. I had more piercings at the time. I had weird colored hair. I am known to curse a lot, a little bit. (laughs) So I would, when I found the roller derby character, I was like, perfect. They envision and embody everything that basically I am, you know, hard hitting, you know, in your face, very alternative. So I took that into my heart and my soul. And I was like, look, I'm just going to embody that turn my personality up about a hundred and run with it and see where it goes. So Mm -hmm. that's really what inspired my character at first when I started doing the Derby aspect of it.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So I, I talked to many people and um, we'll touch on training and who trained you. Did you go to a training school and who trained you in the wrestling aspect?
1: So I was, I call myself a student of the game because I literally learned as I went, I started in a school in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Um, It was, a famous school called uh, the Doghouse, And I had trained there for a little while with uh, Damian dragon and a guy named Latha. So that's where I originally come from, but it wasn't until the years later where I found a home at uh, two different schools, ACE pro wrestling in Jersey city, New Jersey. It's the school that AJ Lee came from. And then I moved closer to long Island and started training at the NYWC school in deer park.
0: Okay. So what's been the most challenging aspect of breaking into the business uh, and the independent business as a a female wrestler?
1: At the time, there wasn't many. And it was a lot of like the Divas era where they wanted more gimmicky style matches where you were looked at for being cute rather than your in-ring ability. So I was around kind of when the shift started happening. And I was put into more matches and it was with guys. So that's what the shift was for me then. And that's when I felt kind of difficult with it because it was me versus a man instead of me with another woman showing what we can actually do. And a lot of it for me was my own internal confidence because I wasn't really confident at the time in my wrestling and who I was as a persona. Even after moving here to Florida, that's something that was a big jump for me to work
0: on. Okay. you mentioned gimmick matches and stuff like that and if I catch heat for this. So don't get mad at me, please. Um don't come through the screen and get me. But um I am not a fan of the punch bowl or wrestling matches where they brought off. The, you know, I'm more of a fan of like what they're doing with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair and they got these in ring matches instead of all these gimmick matches. So while you're oh, a I'm fan a- of I agree. I, okay. That's I, I why I don't, to me, that's not wrestling. To me, that's just, uh, I'll say this it's a disrespectful way of showing your talent off, in my opinion. So that's yeah, where I'm at.
1: I, I, I can kind of agree with that. At the time, I guess it was what was selling and making money, but I, I love yes. the evolution of it to where we are now.
0: Absolutely. And
1: how far we've come with showing that women are just as big as athletes as men are, and we should be held to the same regard as that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Yes. You guys, I mean, you female wrestling, I watch uh, Cassandra Golden and um, one of your, one of your friends, Savannah Thorne. uh, I've seen them battle each other numerous times and it's just, they put on a show and it's, it's just that they're so athletic. They're so amazing of how they put on a wrestling match. Those are probably two of my favorite uh, independent wrestlers. So.
1: I love me some Savannah. <laughs>
0: yes, she's good. I seen her um at uh Darby's at um uh the place over in Jacksonville. Um, can't remember the name. You know where AEW had their matches. She was in a match with um at the Mexican Tequila Festival over there. So that was fun. What does your training and preparation routine look like um, now that you're a referee compared to as you were a wrestler?
1: Um, it's it is a bit different. I still try to when I train. I still try to keep in shape that way for wrestling things as well. But it but it's different now. I don't take as many bumps. Thank goodness, my body thanks me for it. Um, but it's also within 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 the gym doing the work. I hate this exercise, but it's the best one for referees ever it's burpees. Burpees are amazing for referees because that's as our job we literally get up and down. So yeah. burpees are very good for that with helping your your wind and your conditioning with that. Um but as the, the, no real difference honestly for me except now instead of actually going through a match, I'm making the counts because you we still do practice matches at training. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I ref them instead of being involved in them that way. So that's where the the difference has changed.
0: Okay. Um, now, how important is the communication between the ref, the wrestlers, and backstage to make this the match flow?
1: It, it can make or break a match, to be honest with you. I never realized how important the referees really were until I became one and saw it from a different eye level and a perspective. Because a really good ref can help a match get over where it needs to, can be the basically the communication. I've had matches recently where I've been the storyteller in between the two opponents going back and forth and relaying messages, spots, time cues, this, that, the other. There's a lot more that goes into it that I don't even think I even realized before this. And now knowing all of it from being in it for a few years, I am so grateful that to be in this position now because I absolutely love it. It's such a different thing. And when they say the third person in the ring, you really are the third person in that ring.
0: Right. You could make or break. A, yeah, you could be the one that causes the match to look so stupid, whereas it could have been the greatest match that someone ever seen. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, fan interactions as a ref at compared to as a wrestler. I mean, you had both. See, I'm sure you've had fan interactions. So what are those like?
1: When I'm in the ring or when I'm outside of it, just hanging out in the ring. In the ring? Uh, it's different now, because when I was a heel when I wrestled, I would play along and pander to the crowd a little bit with communication. Now, as a referee, I kind of don't so much anymore because I'm too I'm focused on my job. So it has changed that way where there's less of interaction for me now than there was when I was a wrestler. So that's the biggest difference.
0: So what about outside the ring What the fans now?
1: Oh, I get to be more me now. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you
1: go. I get, to truly, I get to truly be Lena. I don't have to be a character. I don't have to, you know, be mean to people because I don't have to play a specific role. I call it right down the middle. So I can truly just be myself. I love that because I love the fans. Anybody who's bought a ticket, anybody who's come to the show, without them, we don't have a business. So...
0: So do you really call it down the middle or do you way depending on who you're refing.
1: oh down the middle 100 of the time Mm-mm. okay
0: okay i've heard so many referees and when you're watching raw and all these other places oh we're gonna call it right down the middle and something fishy happens so have you ever been in any of those referees something fishy happening
1: no would it be fun to maybe but no not as of yet
0: <laughs> all right all right are there any female wrestlers who served as a role model to you growing up in the business of um, wrestling, being a professional wrestler?
1: Um, with their in-ring ability, I would have to say Medusa, Alundra Blaze, Luna Vashon, and Sherry Martel. Those would be ones that of the older generation that I would say that I grew up watching and idolizing just because of their, their boldness and their strength. Yeah. In this current generation, um, it's a bit different just because I'm I ref now. But when I was wrestling, it was women like Lita. She was a daredevil. She was eccentric. She had tattoos, and it was very alternative for the time. So right. she was kind of a role model in that aspect for me during her time period.
0: Okay, so with the <laughs> wrestling experience, um, do you have any advice to give aspiring um, young females wanting to come into the business as a wrestler?
1: Train before you even step foot in a ring for an actual match. Train. Make sure you know your your basics of professional wrestling. Know how to be respectful in a locker room. Say hi to everybody. There's a certain etiquette that I think needs to continue with, especially with us females, because it is a little bit different that way. But make sure that you train. Yeah, get your basics under you first, because that'll take you far.
0: Okay, so we're talking about back room. You mentioned back room, so. As a referee currently, and as a wrestler back in the day, how important was it for you to um, pay attention to the legends? Like if you ran across Charlotte Flair or whatever, I'm just naming off names, Lita. How important is it to you to shut up and listen and pick their brains?
1: That's a wrestler. That should be for every wrestler's rule. When you're being given advice or somebody who is a veteran in this business is talking, mouth shut, ears open, because you can always learn by keeping your ears open to what they have to say. And that's just a rule that I was brought up with, is that, you know, mouth shut, ears open, you can
0: always learn. Do you think that's lacking in today's uh, independent scene?
1: It it could be. I'm not 100% sure that everybody's that way, but it it could be.
0: Okay. Can you share any memorable or significant moments in your career as a wrestler that stand out to you? At all these are game changers for me?
1: Um, I'm trying to think because there was a lot. Uh, one of them for me was trying out for Women of Honor to go to stardom. I did a tryout for that. So that was a, a pinnacle moment for me because I was amongst other women I had look up, looked up to that were doing more in the indies at that point than I was. It was a big chance for me. It was a chance for me to kind of go in there and show my confidence alone. Match-wise, it was Honestly, when I had first started getting to travel at different places and going outside of Florida to wrestle, it was a growing experience for me. So those are, the I would say, the ones that shaped me. It was ex- just overall life experiences, travel experiences. There's not one key one that I would say changed it, except for one of the last matches I had as a wrestler. That one I will never forget. It was um, for a RISE show. It was after a Mick Foley seminar here in Orlando. And I wrestled, and for the first time in my wrestling career, I felt like the aha moment where my confidence just hit. And I was just like, wow, okay, this is what this this feels like. I'm not second-guessing anything. I'm not overthinking it. I'm just having fun and enjoying it.
0: All right. So can you discuss the importance of character development and storytelling in wrestling from a wrestler's point of view and a referee's point of view?
1: So from a wrestler's point of view, it is very um, important for character development because that's what you're known for. You're known as what your character is. I would look at, like I said, the movie Whip It. I took a movie and basically used that as inspiration. You can get lines from different movies, TV shows for a promo. So character development is really important because that's the first thing people see. They see your character and if you blend it in right with your moveset, total package 100%. As a referee now, it's a bit different because I don't necessarily at this point have a referee character. I know there's some people that do, but I don't. So for me, it's there's no real character development other than just every day working on my skills.
0: Okay. Now, I know you're not wrestling at the current point moment. Do you ever see yourself getting back into the ring as a wrestler in any time?
1: At this point, I'm going to say never say never. Would I like one last Match, yeah, but I'm really, really happy being a referee. I feel like it's where I fit in wrestling, and I probably should have always fit. Like, you know, when you just find that that role in your life that just changes things, Yeah, this changed it for me.
0: Awesome. So who would that one match, would you want it to be with?
1: Um, There is a, a woman in CCW, Coastal Championship Wrestling here in Florida, and her name is NVIDIA. I believe that I would want it with her because I look at her like a younger version of myself and that would be to me one of the matches I would like to have. Also, um, yeah, I think for now that would be the one that I would want to do. I don't know much else that I would want to do at this point, but that
0: would be one. Okay. Now, is there any wrestler, female wrestlers, male wrestlers that are up and coming that you think that we should look out for because you at that match that you've refed?
1: Uh, there's there's about three or four that I can quickly name off. Um, one is a very close friend of mine. She was signed to NXT for a very short time. Mila Moore, she goes as the, as the bunny. Uh, NVIDIA, who I just named, who is from Coastal Championship Wrestling. Um, Ozzy Killmeister is another one. And yeah, those would be my, if I had to pick right off the top of my head right now, those three.
0: Okay. How do you promote yourself and your brand as an independent wrestler and how important is social media as a wrestler in that regards?
1: I can give that to you both ways as wrestler and ref because it's basically the same. Um, Content. For social media, content. Posting videos you've done. Highlight reels. Where you're going to be next. Social media is a very good tool for all of that and getting your name out there if used correctly. Also, your personal brand on social media. Making sure, like I said, content's out there you're posting who you are as a person or your character, even doing short promo videos. So that's, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of it now in this generation is just that and being personable when you're backstage as well and going to shows, introducing yourself, those types of things too, and being present in that.
0: Okay. Are there any specific rivalries that you had back when you were in the ring wrestling? That uh, out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I had a couple of matches with Santana Garrett, who I absolutely loved those with her. It's fun getting to play a heel against such an amazing and dynamic baby face and somebody who's just an overall positive person. It's such a great diff- you know, way to ping pong off of each other to do it that way.
0: Yeah. So what message or impact did you want to hope to leave on the wrestling community your, as being a female wrestler? What was your what was your mission? What was your goal to that? This, yep, this is what I want people to remember.
1: It's the same thing now still as being a ref, that I want to leave the business better than I found it, one. And, and two, it's just being a positive light and a positive influence that you can rock who you are, even at somebody who's five foot tall like I am, you know, a light-skinned Puerto Rican. Like, rock and own who you are as a person and confidence. If I had to leave one thing behind is, she was confident, and she was different, and she owned who she was as a person. And okay. maybe I should do the same thing.
0: All right, cool. Before I get into your ref, the ref topic, um, I'm gonna I'm a foster parent. Uh, we, my wife and I run the emergency shelter here in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. We have eight kids, and we sit around the dinner table all the time. They know, and I do this podcast as a a form of self care. So. I get to sit on this computer for an hour and a half, hour to talk to people like yourself. Um, it's my way of getting rid of uh, life, or not getting rid of the life, but um, stepping away from what's going on. It's like a break. But so they know that I'm doing it, and um, so they go, "Who are you talking to this time, Mr. Scott? Who are you talking to me this time, Mr. Scott?" So they have questions. I'm gonna, if you don't mind, if I'm gonna ask these questions from the kids. um, no, first I love one it. Is, First one. What's your favorite movie?
1: Okay, twofold: Love Actually and The Crow.
0: Okay. Favorite food?
1: <laughs> Macaroni and cheese and pizza.
0: <laughs> pizza. Okay. We have pizza part. We have pizza party on every Thursday on the playground. We get pizza from Domino's. Um, so love does, it. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hobby. What hobbies do you have?
1: Um, I love to write and I love to read. Those are my hobbies.
0: Any favorite music?
1: Oh, I'm a rocker chick through and through. My favorite band is him.
0: Okay. <clears throat> Do you acknowledge the tribal chief?
1: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's your
0: question. So in my research as a on your refereeing thing, did you did I read where you reft in impact and yeah. Right order something like that for ROH or something like that. Can you run us through that?
1: Oh, okay. So the three the four pinnacles. Got it. That's what I'm going to call these moments in my life. All right. um, for Ring of Honor, I was actually supposed to work for them under their women's division before they closed down. Um okay. and before the pan- and during the pandemic, but the pandemic obviously changed a lot of that. So that didn't unfortunately happen because of COVID. Uh, that's one. But I did work for Women's Wrestling Army, which was Maria Kanellis Bennett and um, Bobby Cruz. So I did okay. essentially kind of work with the idea of that. They just changed the name and branded it with something different and made it their own. Okay. So that, yes. Impact Wrestling, I did back in 2021. I refereed for their Knockouts Knockdown pay-per-view.
0: Okay.
1: So that was a big thing. Big deal for me. I was so honored and blessed to have that opportunity. It was such a growing experience and learning experience for me. Loved every part of it. And then December 2019, I had a tryout with NXT for a referee position. That's what started my refing journey. Is I did that and realized how much I actually really loved it and stuck with it ever since. And then Mm -hmm. last but not least, like I said, I did the. most recently, I worked for Boca Raton Wrestling and they did a collab show with NWA. So I got to refer to that as well. So that was really fun to do. All
0: right. How, how, how recent was that?
1: About two months ago, three months ago.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. I have uh, guys that are on there from Cody James and Cola. They do some stuff in N- NWA. So actually, I got a shout out to Martin Stone. He's the <laughs> one that. Said, dude, you are. You need to get a hold of referee, lane like, what? How is it, Lainey?
1: You can call me Laney or Lane. That's okay. perfectly fine with me. So yeah.
0: He's the one that said, "Hey, here's her." Then he gave me a picture of your, uh, your Facebook page, and that's what started this trying to get a hold of you. So, Martin Stone, thank you.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for this. This is fun. <laughs> so.
0: Um, referee quick. How did you get started as an independent wrestling referee and what what motivated you to pursue that role?
1: Okay, so I'll be transparent about it. About two and a half weeks before my actual tryout, I got an email saying, hey, we were given your name to be a referee for uh, that you would be a good fit for this. Is there any way that you would want to come in for a tryout? And it was uh, just two and a half weeks beforehand. Usually people get months notice i got two and a half weeks (laughs) so so i went there i did the the same tryout as everybody else those even going for to be a wrestler um except we didn't have to do the bump drills we literally just did pin drills where they watched how we moved in the ring and things like that that's basically where it all started from so i will always be grateful to wwe for that experience to do one of their hard four-day tryouts because I got to see what that actually entails. I made myself proud. I made my dad proud at the time. Yeah. Um, doing something like that. And it gave me the confidence. I was like, wow, I really, really like this. I'm going to continue with this.
0: Now, is that the picture i seen with you and a bunch of the other referees along the ringside? I think.
1: um, with, Standing with a bunch of other girls? Yes. Okay. I yeah, didn't yeah. wear where I put, and then the picture of me as a ref. Yes, that collage picture, that was me at my tryout and then me staying a ref. So that was the then and now picture.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. What's the most challenging aspect of being a ref in the independent scene compared to being a a wrestler in the independent scene?
1: Corralling some of the men in this business, (laughs) to be honest, (laughs) keeping people in line, especially as a five foot tall female, I have to make my confidence and my words and being tougher because I'm such a short human that sometimes it doesn't get taken very seriously. So that's why I have I've learned to be a bigger dynamic force in that realm. Right. And honestly, there's a lot that goes on to that. So that's been the biggest challenge is learning a different aspect of it in the beginning because there's so much more that goes on to it other than just remembering a match. You have to know time cues, where to be, your your positioning around them and not be in the way as well.
0: Gotcha. So what do you tell, what would you say to fans that say this wrestling stuff is fake?
1: You can't fake gravity.
0: Perfect. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No other way to say it. What are the key responsibilities of a wrestling referee before, during, and after a match?
1: So during, I'm, at, at least with the company that I work for a lot here, it's being more of a, like a logistics type of person. It's making sure that each match is knowing where they're supposed to be. Like if they're on next, they're in the, in the backstage getting ready or they're by the curtain, getting ready in the gorilla position to go out to the ring. Um, that's a, for me, it's a signing referee saying who gets what match. Um, also it's while you're in the ring is giving them time cues. It's, communicating between the wrestlers, if there's, if they need to communicate between each other and they, they physically can't me being the voice that steps in and communicates for them. Also being a mom, so to speak, we're making sure that nobody's gotten hurt during the match, checking in on them. Those, those checks when I'm checking on people, that's, that's a real thing to make sure that no accidents have happened. Nobody's, you know, that everybody's okay. So there's, you know, just communication, even if there's communication, through the backstage area through headsets, you know, it's relaying messages. So it's all around. There's a f- lot of different things that go into that.
0: So this is my opinion, and I'm not taking any disrespect to the rest the workers, the wrestlers that are in the match. It seems to me that the referee has a, a has a bigger responsibility than I ever thought they did, or probably one of the biggest responsibilities of a match. Would that be accurate?
1: I would agree with you there. I, I do believe it's a lot of different responsibility, but it's over multiple matches. So yes, it is. It is it more responsibilities? Yes.
0: Okay. How do you handle situations where wrestlers break the rules or become unruly in the ring? Like, have you ever had a had a had a match where these the guys just didn't do what they're supposed to do and they didn't care?
1: Um, it' not really a lot of that has happened. Um, if they step out of line, I'm tough. I'm going to disqualify you. Like, I'm going to try to end the match where it, if, if it needs to, you know, I'm uh, a, I'm a big voice for a five foot tall woman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can hear I can. Yeah. What um, safety measures do you take to protect both yourself and the wrestlers during a match that nothing, so nothing would ever bad happen?
1: Honestly, just being your head on a swivel, especially as a ref, you have to be able to be looking at everything at the same time. So that's a biggest one for me. And making sure that you're checking on on wrestlers, because I'm I'm very big with that. Like if you're actually really hurt, because tell me. Don't oh I'm fine. And then after the match be like, Yeah, I ding my head on that. Like just let you know, be honest and letting me know. So that for me, when I check up on somebody, it's really because either one, I'm validly concerned or because I'm just making sure.
0: Okay. Can you talk to us about your biggest match you've ever re- refereed?
1: Uh, I would say right now it was two of the matches that – well, one of the matches at the Knockouts Knockdown pay-per-view for me would be one of the biggest matches I've refereed so far as far as women. Okay. Um, as far as women, because it meant that, that much to me at the time, and I consider that a big one, was Deanna Perrazzo and Masha Slamovich. Okay. Uh, after seen, that match, yeah. Gail Kim came out and hired Masha. Okay. So it was okay. a very, very big deal for me to be part of that okay. with them. Um, that one was that whole experience was was I, I would say top of the line for me.
0: I mean, heck yeah, Gail Kim and Peraza, yeah, that'd be that'd be sick.
1: If if though no, to referee the two of those the, those two, yes, very much so.
0: Yeah. But don't be, to share the ring with those those two, but even uh, the lady that you mentioned as well, that would be, a, it has to be an honor for you to get the call to do that, I, I would think.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you communicate with the wrestlers during the match? Is it, do you have an earpiece I see in a lot of it, and then you get, they're talking to you in front, and then you when you, when people think that you're just down there, your mouth is obviously going throughout the whole match. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, I'm a talker. So during the match, I will, I will be communicating things from the back or I will be communicating time cues that I know already or communicating, mm-hmm. like I said, in between the two um, workers in the ring. Like, it's very much so a very communicative thing for me. So yeah. I'm always talking because either I'm, one, yelling at somebody to get out of the ring when they shouldn't be there yelling hey get back in the ring and you know doing my counts or it's communicating information
0: okay so now independence compared to roh nxt experiences is there are any different challenges or unique challenges that set aside a indie wrestling event that you ref compared to your experience um, even doing that women's uh championship with uh is there any difference or or is refereeing just refereeing?
1: It, It is different with different places because I'm a firm believer in you work to where you're working. So if you're working with TV, like let's say impact, you're on a very tight schedule on what you need to have filmed during a certain time. So the time cues are even more so important. Whereas in independent wrestling, you kind of have a little bit more wiggle room. With, okay. with, with times, you should never go over your time if you're given a certain amount of time, but there is wiggle room. Um, they have a little bit more space. Where if you're going to a commercial break, you have to let the wrestlers know that. Whereas, in independent wrestling, there's not a commercial break, so there's less structure, but the same structure. If that makes any type of sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like I said, I, my first independent um, wrestling scene was. An XIW Extreme Impact Wrestling um, event. And my gosh, you guys do crazy, stupid stuff in those independent um, events. I'm like, what? I mean, somebody, if I was a wrestling if I had to say something to a wrestling fan, I'd say, I would rather go to an independent show than a mainstream show. Now, is that, do you feel the same way as a rep? Would you rather wrestle an independent show or would you, or do you want to wrestle that or ref that? match um in the big guy in the big um in the big leagues i guess if you want to call it both Both? i
1: feel like i have i have a love for both i have a love for where i came from in the independent circuit but i also fell in love with being a tv ref even if it was for just that one event it was just such a different dynamic that i really love both honestly and there i love them both for very different reasons
0: I'm gonna ask the stupidest question ever because I know no that question. you I know that you work at I think Universal Studios, so that should be my answer. <laughs> could you do you see yourself making professional referee wrestling referee a career that you could be gone all the time? Or is that just not what you're looking for?
1: Oh, I want that for my life. I try to manifest it every day. <laughs> I all would right. love to. I would love to. As much as I love working for Universal Studios, my ultimate dream would be to have a contract where I was traveling and being a referee full time. It's what I love to do.
0: Okay. Do you see any opportunities in the near future?
1: I hope so. And I feel like the doors are slowly opening for me in that realm of things. So we'll see where this road takes me. But like I said, I manifest it every day. And. I, I work hard so that I can put content out there, get my name out there, you know, hone my skills by reps and, you know, just being a very professional, positive person when I'm in the locker room and always portray that.
0: Is there any referees that you uh, watch and look and say, yeah, this is how you do it? Or is that not what you guys do? I know Because I know wrestlers take, take video footage of their – People and they study it. So, do you study other referees and how you do your style? Is it just is Lane is Lane? Is that your style? Is it just just your who you are?
1: It's the same thing as being a wrestler, but you just put your own spin on it. So, I watch other referees. I watch AEW referees. I watch NXT referees. I even watch main roster ones and even the ones that Impact. um There are a few that I do watch. Um, there is a guy named Frankie Gastineau in impact. I do watch his work because I've known him for years on the independent circuit here in Florida. So I do watch a lot of him. Um, as far as WWE, it was somebody that was there. I watched Mike Kyoto, I watch, um, Charles Robinson. I watched Jessica Carr. I even watch now, um, somebody I consider a friend in, in Aja, but I do watch a lot of different referees and I say, Hey, this would work for me this doesn't work for me, or I can add my own spin on it. But I am very much so a constant student where I'm always learning and growing.
0: Awesome. So how do you establish a rapport with the wrestlers and promote positive working relationship backstage?
1: Honestly, by not being mean, I'm a very positive and happy person. So, and I'm professional that way. I go up to them. I ask them, what they're doing for the match if there's any specific spots that you need me for if they need anything like i'm always i try to be almost like a mom in the locker room and be like hey guys i'm here if anybody needs help with anything i, I you know i'm your go-to if you have any spots for me in the match you know let's go over it if you, there's anything you need me to be a certain place for being communicative is a very big is very big to me on that
0: okay so how do you handle high pressure situations? such as title matches and matches with a lot on stake, a lot at stake?
1: Um, just being more so there and more so communicative that way before the match to okay. see if there's anything specific that is needed and just literally, like I said, just being more communicative and asking, hey, is there any specific things that you need me to do within the match? Is there any specific... Um, positioning you need me to be in for a certain thing that you're going to do. Okay. And honestly, just, you know, I tr- I treat every match like it's a title match. Like, I go into every match as professional, as the opening match, as I do a main event.
0: Okay. So is there, there's, like, you got cage matches, you guys, you have battle royals, you have um, last man standing matches, all these other stipulation matches, and then we have regular matches. Is there any... Sp- certain st- stipulation match that you d- could care less to ref-, to ref? And are they different, each of them individually?
1: They're different each individually. I've done some no-DQ matches um, within the last year or so. There's not really a style that I would not want to do um, except for maybe, maybe hardcore wrestling. It's just I'm not a big fan of of blood. Would I, would I ref it? 100% just to get the experience of it but it's not something i'm actively going to go look for okay
0: how do you stay physically fit and mentally sharp to keep with the fast-paced action in the ring that's for that you guys move around like like crazy
1: cardio (laughs) cardio (laughs) Cardio, burpees um in-ring training so as long as you keep working and honing your craft on a weekly basis then you should be then you should be good and that's and that's what i do
0: So now you work at Universal Studios, you're Mm -hmm. a ref, you have to fit time in the gym. Now, are you in a gym every day? And how do you, And are you a mom? How do you wrap this all together to to pursue the dream that you have?
1: Time management. Time management is a very big thing. I am not a um, mom of an actual flesh child, but I do have, I am a proud fur mama. I have I have cats and, and a dog um, or did up until recently. Um, but it's it's time management. It's just making time for things, whether that means getting up early and doing things, um, staying up a bit later to get certain things done. I find somehow how to manage things and, and fit them into my day.
0: OK, so what do you enjoy the most about being an independent referee?
1: Like I said, it's where I found my confidence. I love I love being the third man in the ring, or woman, I should say. I love the communication. I love being able to have a front row seat to the action and being a part of it. I love that I can now, at this point in my life, be myself. My body thanks me for it as well. I've just grown so much, and I've been able to travel so much and just gained so many different experiences being a referee that that's what it is for
0: me. Okay. So, can you share what your thoughts on the evolving role of female referees and or female, yeah, female wrestling referees, and give some confidence to females that are looking at watching this video um, that would could be uplifting to some people?
1: If I can do it at five foot uh, five foot tall, non non-ath- well non athletic woman, and fall in love with it and do what I do, you can as well. Um, I love the evolution of how many female referees there are in the industry now. It's I love it. I love to see it. I love that almost every major wrestling company has one now, and it's it's an honor to be a part of that.
0: So I'm going to name some names that your of your past um, ring names and tell us about that character if you would. Okay. Derby Doll.
1: Hard-hitting, uh, alternative, just me.
0: <laughs> Cherry Lane.
1: Cherry Lane was my first ever um, character, and she was a very uh, she was a very big brat, who was almost in the early stages of what Tiffany Stratton was, where I was very bratty, very snooty, very thought I was too high class and too too cool for everybody.
0: Okay. I would have thought Dirty Cherry was that, but what's the, I, I got to hear what Dirty Cherry was.
1: So, Dirty Cherry was the <laughs> brainchild of one Mr. Mikey Whipwreck from ECW. Um, they, in that, in NYWC, they had a group of guys that did a very southern trailer park uh, faction. And I was brought into that as the female. They were called the Dirties. So, okay. since my name was Cherry, they nicknamed me Dirty Cherry. So, that's where Dirty Cherry came to be. And okay. those are memories, being that character are memories I'll never forget. And I look at them and I've spoken of them recently and their memories I'll never forget. And I will cherish those.
0: Is there, one specific a memory, is there one specific memory you could share with us?
1: Yes. There was one time where the Dirties were um, watching another tag team in the ring, like a tag team match in the ring. And we sat along ringside eating out of a bucket of chicken and sitting on lawn chairs, watching a match. That was fun to do. That was just so funny of a character. And there was another one where we um, wrestled at a camp, like a sleepaway camp for children. And there was a spot where a wrestler had to bite me on the behind with me running and chasing, and like trying not to get caught again. (laughs)
0: That's, That's a good story. In your video that we posted on um social media, you, you called you said yourself Latino zebra.
1: Yep, and I am it. your La- I am your Latina zebra. Yep.
0: Oh, yep. Anything about behind that except for that's who you are?
1: That it's exactly that. It's owning for one of the first times in my wrestling career or ref career, who I am outside of wrestling. I am a very, very proud Hispanic woman. And Good. That's that's who I am, and you know I, I portray that even in matches. I've called matches where I've done counts and calls in Spanish. I am bilingual fluently in nice. Spanish as well as English. That's
0: awesome. Mount Rushmore of female wrestlers.
1: <sighs> okay, <clears throat> Luna Vachon. Sherry Martel. because not many people remember that she. Was a wrestler and and before even managing.
0: Right.
1: So there's that. Um, Medusa. And I'm trying to think of my fourth. That's a big one. Oh, um, Leilani Kai, half of the Jumping Bomb Angels. Uh, No, I'm sorry, the Glamour Girls.
0: So Leilani Kai. You You have Mount Rushmore and men? Yep. <laughs> All right, let's see
1: it. Hulk Hogan, right. Ultimate, Um, Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and who was the other one? That was there was one more. I'm I'm forgetting the name now. So Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and one of my personal favorites was the Oh Andre the Giant.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Mine would be Hulk Hogan, Sting. I think that era with Hulk Hogan turning uh, against uh, turning against Macho Man Randy Savage at Daytona Beach, dropping that leg, joining NWO. That is what changed wrestling for me. So I have to give Hulk Hogan, Sting, um, Scott Hall, and uh, probably uh, gosh, Stone Cold would be I'd have to put him up there because he changed yeah, I could go on. There's so many that you that I'd love yeah. to have a chance to meet. You know, so um, yeah. Is there anything that you would tell the fans that are watching this to close out the show and um, in your own way, where to find you, what's happening in your, what's going on next?
1: I have recently posted my calendar on my social medias. So on Instagram as well as Twitter, I am Latina Ref Lane. L-A-Y-N-E, and those are basically the two platforms I use the most. I'm not really a Facebook-type person so much anymore except for, you know, my personal life, but it would be there where you can find me. Um, The next show I think I have coming up, yeah, it's uh, Friday the 13th, one of my favorite days because I'm a spooky girl. It is going to be in Kissimmee, Florida for Coastal Championship Wrestling, and it will be in Kissimmee at Old Town. And funny enough, it's right next door to a haunted house (laughs) that is open all year round.
0: (laughs) So now you say haunted house. So my wife and I have been married for 30 years, 31 years, 30 years. On our honeymoon, we went to Orlando to go to Mm -hmm. SeaWorld and Disney and wherever. And we went to Uptown Station, I believe, at that point in time, or Old Town or somewhere. They had... Church, Church Street Station, yes, Church Street Station. And they had the largest haunted house that I guess in the area. I guess it's closed down since then. But I have never seen my wife so scared because I volunteered her to be the leader of the group because I sure wasn't going to be the leader of the group because I didn't need all that. And that was probably the funniest thing I've ever been part of. That was epic. So there's not one in Kissing Me, you said.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, multiple floors.
0: Nice, because this one was yeah. multiple floors too. And there's, I can remember there's one segment where we walk to these stairs, and this guy is sitting on the stairs, and he goes, "Be quiet, my master is eating upstairs." So he wants you go. He goes, "Go." So we walked upstairs, and there's a lot of there's a couple of Asians with us, my wife and I, and a couple other people. We walk into this room, and there's this knight sitting there eating dinner, and there's nowhere to go. And I mean, I didn't see a door. So I said, hey, where do we go next? This guy slams down his fist. He said, shut up. And we both, we all bolted. We all, we turned around and went out the door. So it's pretty funny. But Love it. Um, yeah, so um, again, thank you, uh, Laney, for being on, on our show. I'm, I'm going to play an exit video, but I would like to talk to you in the lobby. So don't go nowhere. So he's okay. pop wrestling, He's pop wrestling fan. The Latina Zebra. Um, thank you a lot for everything um, See you guys next time On a huge pop wrestling podcast
2: All oh, my dogs, Make some noise up in this house. Who is in the house Who is in the house It's the gangster of destruction So you know what's going down And when the drive-by's coming Then you better hit the grind when your body Hit the canvas Then your is the not. out who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction so you know what's going down And when the drive by's coming, then you better hit the ground. When your body hits the canvas, then your ass is high Fight with Adrian Whisper, it's like a fight with the devil. Because when he's dealing with you, you cannot get on this level for Adrian West is like five for the king It's like a five for the norman they got the tanks and everything He's leaving roses and stitches Possibly leaving your cripple Cause when he sets up the table And sends you straight through the middle Take a free Beat that ass with a light bulb Leave a piece of glass embedded in the back of your skull who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction so you know it's going down And when the drive fire's coming then you better hit the ground cause when your body hits the canvas then your ass is knocked out Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction so you know it's going down And when the drive fire's coming then you better hit the ground Cause when your body hits the canvas then your ass is knocked out